Hello and welcome to the Autism and Employment podcast series. Our names are Alex and Martin. In this episode, we are going to discuss how having a job for someone with autism, Asperger's and learner disabilities is important to their mental health and well-being. In October 2020, we sent out a questionnaire to Beyond Autism staff about the importance of jobs for people with autism and learner disabilities. On the episode today, we have Bernadette from Early Years, Charlie from Post 19 and Mike from Fundraising to discuss their questionnaire answers with us in more detail. Whether you are office-based or work in hospitality or on a construction site or a journalist or even a musician, painter or filmmaker, Yes, folks, these do count as jobs, despite what you see and have your say comments or social media or what people of a certain vintage tell you. We can all agree that having a job is incredibly rewarding and fulfilling to anyone. But for folks with autism, Asperger's and learning disabilities, it can mean more. We are now going to share some shockingly low statistics with you guys in terms of autism and learning disabilities and employment. Overall, only 32% of people with an autism diagnosis are in some form of employment, 16% are in full-time employment, 40% are in part-time employment, but they want more hours, 77% of unemployed adults with autism want employment. According to MENCAP, only 6% of adults with a learning disability that are known to their local authority in England are in paid work. Another article published by Autism Society states that 20% of individuals with autism had no source of paid income. The article reported low levels of employment, 85% of individuals with autism did not have a job. The article also reported decreases in employment services and unmet needs in the areas of job support. For 82% of individuals with autism who had jobs, the families and caregivers said that the individual liked what they did for work. 78% stated they were satisfied with their work hours, 69% reported they were satisfied with their wages, 57% reported they earned at least minimum wage. In addition, employers often value individuals with autism for their job performance. Having a job is so important for people with autism and learning disabilities. For people with autism and learning disabilities, a job means a sense of belonging and a feeling that they are part of society. Of course, this all depends on the the individual, but most folks with autism, Asperger's and learning disabilities generally tend to go through the first 20 years of their life thinking their family are their only friends and not really belonging at school. This feeling changes when they land into a job, but as we are about to hear, it's not that easy. We are now going to discuss some of the answers we received from our questionnaire and we would like to welcome our first guest, Mike. So hi, Mike, how are you doing? Yeah, hello there, Martin. I'm fine, thank you very much. Yourself? Yeah, it's not too bad, thank you. Thank you for, for inviting me along to the, to the questions. That's absolutely fine. I, I'm glad you've taken the time out. So Mike, before we get started, I wondered if you were able to tell us a little bit about your previous experience working in the field of mental health and disabled people. Sure. Um, I've been lucky enough to have worked in the voluntary sector in the UK for over 30 years now, Martin. So I feel very fortunate to have worked with some really wonderful people and inspiring people over that time. Um, Many of those people have never seen their disability as as a barrier or has it held them back from achieving their goals in life. Um, In fact, many don't see their disability as disabling at all. Um, and have proven that point through the lives that they've led and the successes that they've had over the years. Um, Just some examples of some of the people I've worked with over time uh, has included eminent heart specialists with bipolar disorder, a psychiatrist with bipolar who the British Medical Council were questioning her suitability for work, a chap who was quadriplegic and ran his own business from his bedroom, very successful businesses at that, a relationship counsellor who as a result of their own disability specialised in the in the physical side of relationships um, and supported others with a disability in doing the same. I worked with survivors of the Cannon Street rail crash in, in 1991 which was very traumatic for those involved and I've worked with women who've been trafficked to the UK for the purposes of criminality, often finding themselves in, in prison through no fault of their own. 
um, much of my own work has been around mental health either directly or indirectly as a consequence of these people's experiences. The range and nature of those I've had the pleasure of working with has made for a very rewarding career for me. Um, I think I'm very lucky. There's no doubt, whatever hardships we endure, there are others that have lived through so very much worse. And it's really quite incredible what people could achieve with the right support and, and belief. And equally, Martin, I, I'd, I'd like to give a little shout out for the, the employers I've worked alongside. Some great employers, employers who take the time and show the expertise in knowing how to work with each employee to get the best from their staff. Um, to be approachable and instill confidence in each staff member to know that the support is there when needed. And I think that, you know, the adaptations are available where required and recognising that investment in staff and their well-being brings dividends in their workforce and returns on, on, on that investment. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. You, uh, I understand you got a questionnaire from me and Alex about people who are with autism in work. That's correct. In one of your answers, you mentioned your son, who also has... Now, is it autism or Asperger's? He has Asperger's. Asperger's. And you said that he works as a chef, which is intriguing because many presume it's a high-pressure job. Is it true to say that some people with autism or Asperger's or learning disabilities cope much better in these roles than others? Yeah, well, I mean, much of my answer is based on my insights through my son's career so far, I guess. But I, I do think my son's experiences are, are probably representative of, of many. He's worked as a chef now for some five or six years, having tried a number of other jobs over the years before that that simply didn't suit him. Chefing can be high pressured, and there's no doubt that the setup of the work environment um, and the working relationship he has with colleagues around him does have a real bearing on his ability to work under pressure. You know, as a chef, you can work in kitchens, in pubs or restaurants, places you specialise in holding events or canteens and so on. The defining factor that I think works for my son and others, I'm sure, is, is that working in a prescriptive environment where processes, procedures and systems are in place and, and adhered to, I guess, um, under the direction of an experienced head chef or boss, um, and food menus that, that, that everyone's familiar with um, makes for an enjoyable place to work for him. The opportunity for creativity comes from the presentation of the food and the quieter times where the staff have an opportunity to suggest alternative dishes they'd like to introduce to the menu uh, and try them out and to be creative and, and expressive. Often the more repetitive elements of the work can be therapeutic as well. Um, Bizarrely, the cleaning of the kitchen and the worktops is, is an opportunity to sort of switch off and unwind from a busy shift. And the familiarity of those surroundings and the sort of keep it as, you, as you'd like to find it approach seems to support maintaining low levels of anxiety for the next day's shift where you know exactly what you're walking into. I, I do feel, and this has been apparent with many people I've worked with, that a, that a clear and unambiguous job description um, brings clarity on where a role begins and ends and where the responsibilities lie. Um, and without this structure, anxiety can escalate in not knowing if you're, you're meeting your, your work responsibilities. Yes, I, I, I absolutely agree with the, the last thing that you said, that having clarity about a job description. One of our questions on the questionnaire was about how many people you knew that had autism, Asperger's, sashing difficulties, that are in full-time employment. And most of our responses have had fewer than five people as their answer. Does this really surprise you? It's an interesting question. Um, I currently know four people um, known personally to me. Um, I guess because of my work over the years, it's possibly brought me into a wide, into wider contact with, with more people than others in, in this context. Um, but I, I do think there are some good reasons for the responses you've received. I, I have no doubt that quite often a condition that society labels as a disability um, will often remain undeclared. Um, and I don't think it's necessarily a negative thing. It can often mean that the, the person doesn't see themselves as defined by others, perhaps doesn't feel that there are barriers that, that, that have um, held them back in any way or, or simply don't like being labelled in that way. Um, much is about a person's experience of, of, of how their work colleagues have chosen to interpret 
um, the, you know, differences in the past. When thinking about autism and Asperger's and, and, and learning difficulties, we know that the spectrum is broad and the tipping point can often be down to societal prejudices, prejudices, I'll say it again, prejudices, rather than something actually being a barrier to work. My son who has Asperger's also has something called juvenile myoclonic epilepsy. Um, and he's very aware from the point of view of health and safety that he has a responsibility to declare his epilepsy, even though it is under control through medication. But he does not feel compelled to declare his Asperger's in, in, in quite the same way. And for him, it has very little bearing on his ability to do his job when the right systems and processes are in place. Um, and this is supported even more as his confidence has grown through his work experience. You refer in your question there to, to, to full-time employment and I'm very conscious that we now live in a world where the nature and structure of work has changed considerably, um, particularly um, with the whole COVID experience that we're all going through. Um, I expect us to become even uh, used to even more changes and working for home, from home is far more common. Uh, flexible hours are, uh, are far more available uh, and reliance on technology has brought significant differences in, in delivery. I heard on the radio recently the suggestion that by 2030, around 40% of the occupations available to those leaving education don't currently, exi currently exist in today's marketplace. They will be new jobs that are currently unknown. Uh, whether this is true or not, I have no idea, but um, there are definitely some interesting times ahead. Yes, yes, there, there are very much. Look forward to seeing what they will bring. That's the end of our questions. Um, I think you've raised some very good points. Uh, thank you very much for your time, Mike. And uh, you know, take care of yourself and hopefully maybe speak to you again. Lovely. All right, nice to see you again, Martin. Take care of yourself. Hi, Bernadette. Thank you so much for appearing on today's episode. How are you today? I'm very well, thank you. I was really looking forward to this recording. Me too. Like, it's a really, really interesting um, topic for today's episode. So thank you so much. So um, are you ready for the questions? Yes, I am. Okay. Um, so question number one is, I'm aware you graduated as a teacher of health sciences and you've experienced working with children of different ages and different needs. Could you please elaborate on your experience as a teacher and tell us your achievements? Yes, so I graduated as a teacher of health sciences back in Hungary, and that was uh, around 20 years ago. Um, I was a qualified nurse working on the children's ward and the newborn department uh, when I decided to change my career because after becoming a mom and having a child myself, I just couldn't cope with some aspects of the job. I still wanted to work with children and do something about with health. So I decided to become um, a teacher. In Hungary, there is no PGC or any quick route into teaching. So I had to start from scratch and get a degree in teaching and um, study for three years. But that gave me a really good understanding of psychology, pedagogy, and child development, and everything that a teacher needs, really. Um, my course is also included lots of extra subjects, such as mm -hmm. philosophy, ethics, and some medical training, um, and uh, special needs education. At that time in Hungary, when the course uh, started, um, it was very, very new. It was just so different from all the other teacher training courses. It was very comprehensive and very intense. Uh, in one semester, sometimes I had 10, 13 exams. Health education was not compulsory in Hungary when I finished my training and PSHE was not a priority at all. So my family and friends didn't really understand why I chose such a subject that uh, they had no idea what I'm going to do with it. But I always felt that if we teach children uh, maths, if we want to teach math science or any academics, we need to understand how they learn what motivates them and we need to make sure that they're happy. So basically this is what motivated me most, learning about different teaching st strategies and how to help children reach their full potential and um, mental well-being was a big part of it teaching life skills teaching responsibility self-esteem and also that was the time when i first learned about autism mm -hmm. so in eastern europe that time people didn't really know about autism me neither 
and I have found a book. Uh, it was written by a German nanny, and it's called A Star Mide on the Earth to Touch the Soul of a Child with Autism. And I read the book and I found it fascinating. And since then, uh, all I wanted to do is specialize in autism and support children with autism. Basically, after that, I taught in generic special schools, autism resource centers, autism specific schools and mainstream schools as well. Mm -hmm. And my latest role before I came to Beyond Autism, I was the head of primary in a special school for children with autism in Feltham. And I also have recently finished my master's degree at King's College University. I was doing clinical neurodevelopmental sciences, where I was studying all the neurodevelopmental disorders, including ADHD, um, intellectual disability, um, and some forensic aspects. If you hadn't come across that book, your job right now would be kind of different. Would probably be different or may not. I don't know. Um, it's interesting how sometimes things just come into your way in life and that kind of steers you to go to certain direction. Um, I'd like to believe that if I didn't find that book at that time, there would have been something else that would kind of guided me to, to where I am now, because I honestly cannot imagine doing any other job than <laughs> this. I'm absolutely um, fascinated by the science that linked to autism as well. And uh, yeah, I love the diversity. I, I, I love my job. So is autism more, is there more awareness and education surrounding autism in Eastern Europe than there was 20 years ago? Has it changed and progressed since then? Yes, it has. Uh, although I think in there, as much as I know from my colleagues who I worked with previously as a teacher, um, it's not developed to the level where we are in the UK now. I think there is still a lot more work to do in there. I don't know why is that. Um, I don't know if people are less open or less resources available, mm -hmm. but uh, yes, it has changed. But I think in the UK, we're still ahead. So um, the first question in the Beyond Autism staff questionnaire, which was sent out, was why are jobs important for people with autism and learning disabilities? One of your answers was having meaningful responsibilities that make us feel valued and increases our self-esteem. So the first question is, how do we make employees with disabilities feel valued in the workplace? Okay, so why jobs are important for people with autism and learning disabilities? I think if you have a job, you have an income and you kind of have independence. Uh, you have control over your life. Um, to, to an extent. So I think because of that is really, really important. But also, we all need to feel that we contribute to our local community, to society, to the world. Um, we need to know that what we can offer as a skill or attitude or ability and the hard work makes a difference in some way. Um, we, are, we are all different. We are all good at some things. And not that good at others. For example, I am really good at looking at the big picture, coping with changes or coming up with new ideas and understanding others' needs and respond to that and maybe good at communication and resilience. However, I'm not very good at planning or writing strategies or tasks that are kind of repetitive. So I always have millions of ideas and I like to explore every way. So I normally multitask. So within a team I work, it, sometimes it helps me if I work with people who make decisions using their head rather than using their heart. Mm -hmm. And it depending on the task, but um, either way, I, I like to believe that I'm important piece of the puzzle in the organization or in SMT and I contribute in my way and others are better and stronger at some areas but we all together make a team complete and I think it would make me feel very upset if I would do thinking and planning but my idea my ideas would never develop into something real and, and and it's just the same for everyone it doesn't matter if someone has autism or learning disability we want to feel valued in the same way and we want to do meaningful things um, in the same way and um I think also people feel valued if their individual needs are supported in the workplace and it can be little things sometimes it's just a good quality office chair that 
you need if you have you know if you sit behind your desk for many hours or sometimes just the quiet environment it doesn't really matter if your employer is making the effort to create an environment that helps you perform better you feel valued i think contributing to decision making is another thing that makes people feel uh, valued in the workplace um, and especially people with disabilities because they know that their voice matters and their opinion matters and if they get support to express their opinion in a way they can that means a lot um, I think unfortunately when most people are thinking about different disability aids they normally just think about physical disability or mm -hmm. hearing aids maybe and sometimes just you know many things there are many things that employers can use to support people with autism or intellectual disability mm -hmm. tools that help them communicate or making policies accessible and easy to understand easy to read not just making the fonts bigger but use a language that is easy to process when i was doing um, a master's degree at king's college that involved some clinical placement and i spent some time at the mosley hospital um, where they work and support people with intellectual disability and i have seen amazing examples of these aids like simplified language policies everything that helped those people to access all the information they need to make to to kind of do a brilliant job and i think what is also important um, to feel valued is getting a task or completing tasks that are appropriately challenging uh, i'm especially interested in positive psychology um, because as opposite psychology was before was focusing on what is wrong with people positive psychology is focusing on happiness and what is going well instead of what you can't do and one key point in there is flow that uh, means it's proven that people are not happiest when they have to do nothing or when everything is made too easy for them mm -hmm. flow means that people perform much better and they're much happier when they are completing tasks are a bit challenging that gives satisfaction and um you know the required effort makes you feel happy and just boosts your self-esteem um i mean it certainly boosts mine and sometimes when you do these tasks you feel that you struggle but um i think believing in people and believing in their ability and giving them tasks that we know that they can do if they stretch a bit um that can have an amazing outcome. I completely agree. Um, thank you for that fantastic answer, Bernadette. So the second part of the question is, can you give some examples of meaningful responsibilities, please? Well, I think you are an amazing example, <laughs> Alex, because, because the work you do is amazing and it's very much needed and it needs expertise, it needs resilience and the outcome of whatever you do is something that has an impact on the life of other people or it is crucial as a part of training that is available for professional like the podcast or when you are working as a part of a team supporting other people in their role when we're doing interviews or whatever we do i think the main thing is that you need to know that what you do is needed and you are making a difference and that that is motivating Thank you for that, Bernadette. That was really kind. And Martin as well, as well as an amazing part of this podcast. So thank you, Martin, as well. One of the other questions on the Beyond Autism questionnaire was, do you think all companies should have mandatory and compulsory disability awareness training? You had a very interested answer. You said children from a very young age should be educated on disabilities, so bullying will be a thing of the past. Therefore, disability training will no longer be needed in the future. So we want to ask you, Bernadette, how many years do you think this will take for it to become a reality? Well, I don't know how many years it take, but when you ask me if things changed in Hungary um, since I got my qualification and people have a better understanding, and I said yes, so that's 20 years generation of children like going up. And um, I think if, if we want a long term solution, we need to work with the children. We are nowhere near where we should be with this 
but uh, there is, if you think about how people with autism, for example, or intellectual disability were treated 20, 30 years ago, there is a massive difference now. It is moving forward with every generation um, and with consistent work, there is improvement. There is already a shift, I think, in people's thinking. Now is there is more understanding out there. In my opinion, now it's time to move forward and focus on acceptance and inclusion. Understanding is is there within like the population mostly. But I think they need to also know how to, you know, accept and include people. As I said, PSHE, when I, when I was qualified, was not a compulsory subject and um, even my family didn't understand what do I want to do with it, um, why I want to study something completely useless in their opinion. But now PSHE is in schools and the curriculum focuses on diversity and, uh, you know, the, the teachers work uh, is really important in that because we are influencing children as well. I don't know how many years it takes. It's difficult. I mean, children are brilliant. They are just so genuine and they really don't care about differences and they adapt so quickly. When I work with young children in a classroom, when there are a few children with autism and we talk about it, it happened in the past, it doesn't really need loads of talking because they just accept that someone is different and they don't make a big thing about it. Um, so I believe that, yes, parents has influence on their children, but I think parents are learning from their child as well. Mm -hmm. uh, I certainly learned lots of things from my children. So it works. The, you know both ways and as i said teachers being a teacher is a massive responsibility because they just watching us all the time and they they learning our behavior without us noticing it or recognizing it and because of that professional training is very important we need to be very mindful but we have a massive influence so hopefully the next generation maybe children who are in our earliest setting right now or in schools in reception year one when they grow up and get to the point when they will be employers i really hope that everything will be very very different one of the interesting answers from um one of our um, colleagues was they think that special educational needs should be taught on a national curriculum i think that is a really good idea do you think so yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, um, special education, understanding special needs um, should be taught for children or children in the national curriculum. I mean, loads of aspects of it is included in the PSHE curriculum currently, but I think what also would be important is including special education needs teaching in the teacher training as well. Definitely, I think so too. I don't understand why it isn't yet. Well, uh, I don't know. When I worked with teachers, um, mainstream schools, um, through the outreach service, it always came up that teachers are really keen to do well. They are really keen to meet mm -hmm. the needs of the children. And sometimes when children are falling out of school or can't cope with the environment or cannot access learning. It's not because the teachers don't want to do that. It's because they were not given the tools. It's not because they don't want to support their children. Mm -hmm. Of course. Um, it's because to meet their needs. So yeah, there is something needs to be done in a bigger <laughs> scale. Definitely. <laughs> uh, thank you, Bernadette. So this is another two part question for the last um, question. So the last question asked on the Beyond Autism questionnaire was how, what can be done to change employers' perspectives of employees with autism and learned disabilities? You mentioned Beyond Autism may be organizing events which would have people with autism and learning disabilities as speakers, along with family and friends. You also mentioned Beyond Autism holding an, an annual job fair, which would give employers the chance to recruit and interview job seekers with learning disabilities and autism. So the first part of the question is, how would you make sure the job interviews are fair and how would you make sure these companies are disability friendly? Well, there are many things that employers could do, I think. Um, 
one is create an environment. I think everyone's got the right to get the tools and the support to do their or provide their best performance. Creating a relaxed environment is not a big thing. It's such a small thing that employers can do. The other thing is preparation. There is there is a culture in like interviewing people when you set up your interview questions and you want to want it to be a surprise and just surprise the interviewee because they have no idea what to you know what you're going to ask and they just they just you're just looking at the the answer that they can suddenly come up with. I think we need to to kind of differentiate or move forward from this as well when we are when we are uh, interviewing people with autism or intellectual disability we need to make the interviews accessible we need to share the top line interview questions maybe the aim of the interview should be to find out about the person's skills and knowledge and people with autism or additional needs they need preparation to reduce anxiety and help them perform well as an interviewee so it's all about accessibility we need to broaden our understanding of accessibility as well when we hear about accessibility maybe most people just think about putting a ramp on the floor but that is more much more than that it's more like scaffolding i think make job descriptions accessible uh, you know provide or kind of use language that is easy to understand for everyone make the environment accessible in a way like it's whatever i think it's first of all finding out what would help the interviewee mm -hmm. would be important um and provide that support just as we do in a specialist setting really whatever support they need if they need support with communication then support with that during job fairs i think it would be really it would be a really good practice because we could work with the applicants before the job fair and prepare them uh, we've got the questions um it in my head, it's kind of worked like a speed dating sort of thing mm -hmm. where they don't have to kind of stress a lot and and attend lengthy interviews. It can be just a very quick thing, help them preparing their CV, help them preparing like the, all the initial information or basic information about themselves in a nutshell. Mm -hmm. Also help them understand what employers need and kind of guide them through the process um, make sure they they meet with the you know match with their skills um, and it's all in a relaxed environment and with support and sometimes it's perhaps better if it's it's not a family member who supports them and i attended the autism show we had a few visitors and they were asking about whether we give support for interviews and there was a young girl i remember and she was really keen to to learn more about it and she was with her mom and she said oh i i'd love to go for interviews but i need help but i don't want help from my mother because she's annoying <laughs> and it was just it was just i'm sure mom you know was giving the best support possible but maybe maybe all she needed is just to feel you know like a grown-up yeah i'm not going to the interview with my mother i'm go i'm a grown-up person i'm i'm attending an interview and attending with a professional who you you know you work with is a different story than attending with your mother i think <laughs> definitely <laughs> I don't know how you feel about it. I agree. I agree with her completely. Okay. Um. Thanks, Bernadette. So, the last question, and the last part of this question is: If a job seeker, uh, um, your job fair is given a job contract from one of the recruiters, would Beyond Autism have regular contact with the um with the um with the person with autism who has been offered a role to see how they are coping in their new role and offer them support and guidance yeah i think it's crucial i think um it's crucial for both parties i think it's important for the new employee to to give to kind of receive support continuously and it's also um, important for the employer as well because even though we prepare both sides 
prior to the interview and then the interview goes well and that person will get the job i think there is more support needs to be provided it's a little bit like you know when sometimes people go for an autism um, assessment and they done the assessment and they give a piece of paper there you go you have autism or your child has autism off you go and then just nothing happens i think we shouldn't just let them go i think it's important to secure a job it's important to get a job it's important to get a job that is meaningful and gives them salary and gives them independence um, but i think it's equally important to keep the job in the long term because getting jobs falling out getting again falling out that also just damage self-esteem and and i think then it would just lead to kind of giving up so it's very very important to keep these people in employment as well not just to support them to get the job i agree completely um, when is Beyond Auditing hoping to start the job fair? Like, what's the pr um, progress with it so far? I don't know, actually. I, I don't know. I mean, we are doing lots of work around um, employability and supporting people with employment. And uh, my early years service just moved into a new building in Bromley. And in that new building, we have an amazing room, which would be big enough to hold a small job fair and invite some employees and maybe do a pilot. Um, I would be more than happy to facilitate it or do it. Um, I think it's just, uh, yeah, discussing it with the with SMT and um, the wider team. I think it would be interesting to try one soon. Definitely, but I guess it's kind of difficult at the moment with COVID, so it'd have to be virtual right now, wouldn't it? At the moment, yes, but maybe, you know, later on this year or the beginning of next academic year. It needs preparation anyway, so most of the, most of the work would be preparing for that, and that all can be remote support and, and um, you know, Zoom meetings or while we're getting ready, and then maybe start preparing now and then do it when the government restrictions are lifted mm -hmm. definitely uh there's that's the end of the questions uh thank you so much bernadette i had a really interesting conversation with you thank you very much alex thank, thank you. you thank you bye i'm with charlie who is an aba instructor at post 19. welcome charlie thank you for being on today's episode how are you today I'm very good. Thank you. Thank you for having me on your podcast. It's a very exciting opportunity. Uh, definitely. Yeah. Again, thank you so much um, for this. So you ready to start the questions, Charlie? 100%. Go ahead. Okay. Um, so before you worked as an ABA instructor at Post 19, had you worked with children and or young adults with autism and additional needs before? And what have been your achievements so far? So before I worked for Beyond Autism, I was uh, a university student and I was uh, learning about psychology in general, rather than kind of uh, the specificities of, of what I'm doing now. I did do some autism specialist stuff while I was at university, which was quite uh, kind of how I got into the industry. Mm -hmm. But I hadn't actually directly worked with children or adults with autism until I came to work at Beyond Autism. But I did have some family experience and some friends who, who are on the spectrum. Um, on the achievement side of things, uh, I've been at Beyond Autism for approaching six years now. I've uh, worked with a huge variety of different students, which has been a lot of fun on my end. I've got to know some real characters along my time and met some really, really cool staff members in the interim. Um, and yeah, I've, I've made my way up the different, uh, the different roles within Beyond Autism. Um, gone from being an ABA tutor and working one-to-one -one with students um, to being an ABA cover tutor and helping out with the, the kind of the junior management roles at the schools and then eventually becoming an ABA instructor and uh, running one of the classes as a class leader. So that's, uh, that's most of that. I'm doing my master's degree in, um, in ABA currently in applied behavior analysis, uh, trying to qualify to become a supervisor. And um, yeah, most of my most of my achievements tie into to that train of thought, really, I guess. That's really impressive that you came straight out of university to become an, an instructor in only a short amount of years. So that's a really big achievement, I think. Well done. Very kind of you to say. <laughs> um, it's Beyond Autism is a great place to work. That's the oh. one thing I say is they value you a lot 
and if you know what you're doing they'll they'll give you more responsibilities and build you up definitely um can i ask what you studied at university Sure. I actually did psychology and counselling, funnily enough. I was um, looking to go into the more humanistic sides of psychology and try and kind of work with mental health and uh, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. It was a bit serendipitous that I ended up at Beyond Autism. I had a friend of mine who I uh, was in psychology class with who had gotten a job and I saw her at my graduation and I said, no, I would not. <laughs> <laughs> but here I am. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to start talking about the questionnaire answers that you kindly provided us. Mm-hmm. So the first question for the questionnaire was, why is it important for people with autism and learned disabilities to have a job? Your mm-hmm. answer mentioned it is important for people with autism to feel included and engaged in their communities. However, due to stigmatization against those with autism living in their communities, especially mm-hmm. from previous generations and them hiding people with autism who do not fit into society as they are not viewed as normal, air quotes, mm-hmm. they have struggled to find employment as a, as a result of this inhumane treatment correct so we want to ask you Mm -hmm. as there are more positive betrayals of people with autism in tv and film than ever before do you think that encourages employers to be more willing to interview job seekers with autism and less likely to stigmatize us i think that um that is definitely a big part of what has opened up people's eyes a little bit to the differences of the people around them i think having a lot more examples to be able to compare the people that they see in their environment to and being able to realize that they're not as different from them as they thought they were in the previous generations is a huge step um towards us being able to actually be a bit of a better society i think that what you mentioned in the question about hiding people Mm -hmm. is a very um accurate description of what previous generations have done towards people with uh, learning disabilities or even people with autism without learning disabilities in their own times generations have been going on and as we've been normalizing seeing people who aren't quite the same as us we've become more and more able to accept the the differences in our environment Now, obviously, that's not 100% true. Anyone who has been watching, say, the American election over the uh, the sea right now will understand that division still exists and that people still think some relatively atrocious things at each other. But I think we're walking in the correct direction and it's not always going to be visual that, that we're walking in the correct direction because we are becoming so much more aware of everything in uh, in the community because of the internet and because of all the information that we're getting. Yes, um, definitely. I think it is a lot of bad stuff that was already happening, yeah, and then think that that's new. But the truth is that stuff's been happening for generations or for years and years and years, and it's only just coming to light now. And so um, I think, yeah, I think we're taking steps in the right direction. Um, I'd give... Did you ever watch um, a program called Atypical? No, but I know it's on Netflix and I've been like wanting to watch it. It was an interesting one for me. I, uh, I, I watched that and I found it really, really interesting in some respects because it's got some um, kind of ABA-based stuff in it. It's, he's got replacement behaviours, the gentleman who is the, the main stressed and has items which have been, uh, you know, allocated to kind of keep him calm when he's in a bit of a hard place. I thought it was a really interesting betrayal of someone who's going through evidently a quite difficult time but he seemed like a really normal guy and I think that that was a real step forward. Yeah I do think there is a lot more media awareness surrounding autism and Mm. um, yeah sharing our skill sets and our strengths so yeah definitely which is only like a recent thing with the internet like you said. Mm. I I think it's really interesting as well I feel like sometimes um, the stereotypicalness is still there but it's just different types of stereotypes that people with autism are given. Right now, it's um, stereotypical that people with autism might be better at uh, kind of mathematical stuff, or they might have to be more inclined to learn IT skills. And that's not always true. You know, we've worked with a, a huge variety of don't have any interest in that kind of stuff, no matter the way that their brain is programmed. And I think uh, the less stereotypes that we have, and the more that we're able to view the individual and kind of see this person likes these things, and this person does not like these things. Um, the more that we realise that autism is a very individual thing, presents so differently with every person who has it, that um, that it's really, really important to not just blanket our descriptions of what what's going on. That's um, a really good point that you made there, because uh, Martin and I are creating an episode at the moment about different types of jobs that people with autism have, and we want to um, debunk that myth that everyone with autism like STEM subjects when that is not the case at all. Yeah, 100%. Everyone's different, has their own interests. 
Yeah, I think that it's a really interesting one. It just depends upon what the person's interested in, exactly what you said. I feel like if somebody is a real, they'll do better in a job that's involved with selling things to people with with human communication and all that kind of stuff. If somebody likes maths, because maths has had a, a good history of things in it in the past, you know, you're going to keep doing the things that you enjoy doing. That's the truth. The second question um, on the Beyond Autism questionnaire was how many people with autism and learning disabilities do you know are in full-time employment? Martin and I were happy and amazed to learn that you know up to at least 10 people. So would you be able to tell us what type of careers some of these people you know have if they are enjoying their roles and if they are supporting? supported by their employers absolutely well um the first ones i'll start with are probably the most obvious which is i've worked with people at beyond autism who are on the autism spectrum who've worked in similar positions to what i've been doing i've had people who were senior tutors people who were my seniors at, at the time who were on spectrum other tutors who came to join us some of them um had uh, more difficulties with communication than others. Some people were completely unrecognizable as having that diagnosis um, if you talk to them on a day-to-day -day basis. Uh, so that's kind of the first grouping. I've got about three or four people that I know who've gone through beyond autism uh, on the spectrum. Then I know a fair few of people who've been in retail environments and who've, uh, who've managed to get full-time employment kind of with customer service-based stuff, um, usually based around something that they're interested in. I had a fair few people who worked in a computer exchange because mm -hmm. they really enjoyed computer games and kind of talking to people about computer games and suggesting what they would like to do um, with their free time and all that kind of stuff so they really flourished in that kind of environment others um, were more interested in places like food shops interestingly enough just enjoyed the process of kind of organizing the things on the shelves and kind of putting everything correct if you understand uh, so yeah quite a variety of different things there's also uh, the the how to put it there's there's also uh, groups of people who've been in quite highly technical jobs as well my uh, my dad my father uh, he won. He ran a, uh, a website creation company for, you know, decades and decades and decades. And quite a lot of the people who were programmers who worked for him were on Spectrum. I knew quite a few of them when I was growing up. Um, and even, you know, some of the people in the kind of more management roles were up there as well. And um, do you know if these people are getting the support that they need um, in their roles? I'd say that it's a mixed bag, to be honest. I would say that if I was going with Beyond Autism, absolutely. We've been phenomenally good to a lot of people that I know who've had difficulties with fulfilling parts of their role because of because of problems that they've been having on a day-to-day -day basis whether it be you know an autism diagnosis or, or something mental health related or potentially even just trouble at home but really Beyond Autism has been the most supportive place I've seen with with uh, people who have specific issues. If I was to refer to the kind of um, the retail-based jobs that I had it's a little bit more hands-off Mm -hmm. um, you know, they get a little bit more support than a, an average employee would have been uh, would have done in that situation, but they're not um, not going to get a huge amount of support from the upper rungs of management in that kind of situation. Um, and if I was going with my dad as the example, I would guess probably not the amount of support that they would have liked. Mm -hmm. But that's you know that's mainly uh, really high business based places where they're always about targets and kind of meeting meeting those sorts of things. Unfortunately, you're right. Um, so the third question um, is that the, on the Beyond Autism questionnaire, we asked, um, should companies have mandatory disability awareness training? And um, you mentioned having the disability training in the company's induction. Mm -hmm. And how would this um, training be taught and presented, Charlie, do you think? So um, in my case, this was a good six years ago, we had a, a presenter come in, I believe it was an external person, and they, uh, they had some kind of government approved disability training that would allow us to kind of uh, better understand some of the stuff outside of just autism, for example, because we're a very autism uh, focused organisation having a bit more um, just uh, SEN knowledge and understanding was good. It was just a person presenting to us. Uh, there was a PowerPoint. They did lots of group activities to ensure that people were paying attention and uh, actually, you know, taking in the information that they were passed. But uh, I think that it could be done better. I think that if I was going to design something like that, it would probably involve presentation of case studies and kind of talking about different people who have maybe the same types of behaviours, but do them for different reasons or um, examples. I think examples to show that difference presents in different ways is super duper important. Otherwise, people won't be able to kind of square the circle when they see things in real life. This is why I think every company should have a research and learning hub. 
Mm, yeah, definitely. I think that uh, our, our head of research and learning, David Anthony, has been doing a phenomenal job on on your side. So I'm glad that he's been able to to kind of get us up and running on that. I think being able to assess what we're doing and be able to try and do better next time is 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 so important. Yeah, I agree completely. Um, so the last part of the question is, should the induction be reviewed and updated so that employees remember what has been taught to them and to update any new policies? Yeah, I feel like that um, because of, especially because of the, the focus that we have in, in, in BA towards helping people who are having trouble, I think that knowledge of disability is, is specifically something that we should be doing every year. Um, I think that other companies should renew mandatory training and ensure that the people are staying up to standard with the knowledge that they have, but they might not do it quite as frequently as like a setting like we would. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's the, uh, the end of the questions. Phenomenal. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you, Alex. Great. Thank you so much, Charlie. Thank you. Bye. Please, bye. Hi, guys. So Alex and I are now going to discuss some of the responses we had from the questionnaire that was sent out to employees of Beyond Autism. And we're going to go through the common answers and the more interesting answers. So the first question on our questionnaire was, why do you think it is in Asperger's and other learning disabilities to have a job? The most common answers were independence. It gives us a structure to our day. It makes us feel part of the community and it gives us a sense of purpose. It's all very nice. The second question was how many people with autism, Asperger's and other learning disabilities do you know that are in full-time employment? This one's slight common answer we got back tended to be none or not many people that are in full-time employment. I think one person said they knew one person who was in part-time employment. The third question was, should all companies have, man- have mandatory slash compulsory disability training? And how do you think it should be taught slash presented? The most common one we got back was that we feel it should be made mandatory and it should be delivered by people with disabilities themselves because they have experience which actually makes a lot of sense. And the final question of the questionnaire was, what can be done to change perspectives of employees with autism, Asperger's and other learning disabilities? Again, the most common answers were education, awareness, case studies, documentaries, which I thought was quite a good one, and videos and workshops. Okay, thank you, Martin. And I'm going to be talking about the most interesting and um, unique answers that I got from some of our some of our guests so for the first question I thought some of the most interesting answers were having a job reduces self-injurious and harmful behaviors which is actually true because um, unemployment for some people especially um those who may have autism or learning disability um, can have mental health issues and not having that structure and that routine and that you know financial independence can cause depression and anxiety in some people unfortunately and another interesting answer was engaging in meaningful activities and developing interests as well um, which is true if you get a job which is in something that you're really passionate about and you're able to develop that interest further and um, that can cause happiness as well and also being in control as well um, having a choice and um, having that structure to your day the third question which was a really interesting one about how uh, about the training School, it was schools, colleges who are specialised in autism and disabilities could help companies provide the disability training to colleagues to make the companies more ethical. I thought that was a really interesting answer because, um, you know, schools, colleges, charities who are specialised in autism and disabilities know disabilities better than anyone else. And, you know, develop delivering that training could make a huge difference to private companies. This was actually Bernadette's um, answer who I have interviewed on today's episode. She said, teaching children from a young age about disability so that discrimination doesn't happen as adults and um, hopefully discrimination will be a thing of the past so that 
um, people with autism and disabilities will always or mostly always be in employment. And for the last question, which was um, really interesting as well, they suggested putting special educational needs on the national curriculum. So that is compulsory for children to study special educational needs and disabilities so that every child is aware of disabilities and how disabilities um, affect people differently. And the last interesting answer was um, by promoting the positive, positive achievements of those with special educational needs through marketing and social media and by sh sharing success stories. Um, this happens in the media sometimes. Um, sometimes you do read about success stories and positive achievements, but um, we, we don't think it's happening enough though. So the more, the more yeah. a common it happens, the more awareness that it gets. Yeah, I think we've gone through um, everything on the questionnaire, right, Martin? Yes, that's correct. Yeah, we have. So we would like to thank everyone again um, at Beyond Autism who um, sent in their questionnaires. Unfortunately, uh, we couldn't read every single one because there's quite a lot of them, but we went through a lot and we really value for taking the time out of your day to um, give some really interesting and positive answers. So thank you, everyone. Now, Alex and I, we're just going to go over the finer points and just talk about the feedback uh, from all our interviews. So if I just talk about Mike for a minute or two. Uh, I, I found um, Mike to be uh, quite positive in uh, some of his answers. I mean, he talked about the people he worked with who didn't see their disability as, well, just that, just a disability or a barrier in what they do. Uh, they see it more as a, a unique feature. Mm -hmm. But and talks about, you know, there's still this stigma or prejudice in society about autism, Asperger's, learning difficulties, that there is still that element there of a stigma. Yeah. And how, you know, I mean, I mean, I was nodding along and it mm. just boggles my mind, really. I mean, it's 2021. It's all like, and we still have this, all these stigmas and prejudices going on. I mean, he also said he doesn't, uh, the people, uh, the autism, Asperger's, learning difficulties, they don't let themselves be defined by others and they don't see like any barriers in what they do. Yeah. I mean, they know that they can do a good job. I'm, I thought the last thing he was talking about with um, uh, different kinds of working and how many people he knew that were in employment. And how it could it, it's it's still the atmosphere not the atmosphere the, the the surroundings are kind of changing in terms of working mm -hmm. and that there would be more home working and flexible working after covid mm -hmm. the, the the good thing about um his, his son is and i thought that this was quite good he he said that he didn't declare his aspergers but he did declare um his epilepsy okay i do know that epilepsy does have a few not more not more issues than Asperger's but it, there's there's there's, a, there's still there's um a bit more vulnerability with epilepsy mm -hmm, than there is with Asperger's so if, if you have a seizure or a fit or whichever the right word is then the employer and employees do need to know that this may happen mm -hmm. obviously uh, um it, it might also we should point out that Mike did say that his son does have medication that controls it. Overall, I think Mike had a more positive outlook, but he did highlight that there is still all these things that just need to change and attitudes. It's all about the at changing attitude, essentially. Mm -hmm. So it sounded like he had a really good conversation with him then. Yeah, yeah. It was all upbeat and all, all good. And So I want to talk about Charlie um, first. So Charlie... Uh, said some similar things to Mike about um, stigmatization against people with um, autism, especially in the past, like previous generations, about how people with autism were hidden in their communities and they couldn't, you know, join in with their communities and like work and have fulfilling lives. Obviously, we are progressing as a society. And I asked Charlie about any, um, about media and film 
representations of people with autism and if nowadays if someone um, is watching a program about or a film about someone with autism where they are shown in a positive light will that help them be employed and um, Charlie agreed he said that he thinks so especially with tv programs like atypical and um, the main character in Atypical is represented in a very positive light. He's seen as like, just like everyone else in society. And um, he said there's also ABA um, in Atypical as well, which I didn't know because I've never seen Atypical, but I've been meaning to get around to watching it. And when Charlie mentioned that he knows up to at least 10 people who are employed to have autism and learn disabilities, and I asked him what kinds of roles are they working in? Do they enjoy their jobs? And um, Charlie said that they are enjoying their jobs and they are, they are very fulfilled in their roles and they're working in mostly like retail and like customer service roles. Like okay. he knows someone that really loves video games and he's working in CEX and someone that like enjoys working with food and like other products. So he's working in a um, supermarket and he said that his dad owns a website creation company and a lot of the people that work for his dad have autism so they're working in like IT and they're really enjoying their jobs and um, I asked are the people that he knows getting the support that they need and he said they're getting a little bit extra of support but not the amount of support that beyond autism you know that we offer a lot of support here and a lot and well, and organizations and like charities that work in autism and are um, professionals on autism, you're more likely to get more support than you would in like another company. When I asked Charlie, what, how should disability awareness be taught and presented? And he said, with case studies and explaining how people's differences are shown in different ways, which I thought was quite interesting. Um, so I'm going to move on to Bernadette's interview. Um, I asked a little bit about Bernadette's background. So Bernadette said that she used to be a nurse back in Hungary, but she but she decided to become a teacher after she became a mother. And she said the route to becoming a teacher is quite different to how it is in the UK. And she said when she used to live in Hungary um, about 20 years ago, that autism wasn't really known or understood. So, but if it wasn't for her reading a book on um, about autism that was written by a German nanny she said that um, her career may be different and but now that she loves working with children and young people with autism and yeah she can't imagine doing anything else in life now it's very interesting to learn about Bernadette's um, progress and how she came from working as a nurse in Hungary to where she is today Bernadette said that we can make employees with autism and disabilities feel valued by allowing them to use their strengths and contribute their strengths and ideas to a team, contribute to decision making and receive tasks that are appropriately challenging. Um, What Bernadette meant by appropriately challenging is not being um, given tasks that are too easy or not being given anything to do. So if you're given something that is a little bit challenging, you feel more you get more reward out of it and like you know you worked hard on something and you did it well and you you kind of like pushed yourself so that's what Bernadette meant and yeah I agree so Bernadette said she's not sure how many years it will take for disability discrimination um, to be a thing of the past but she says as we progress as a society such as having diversity teaching in PGCAE coursework um, the coursework framework And as we learn from children and as they learn from us and our positive behaviours, discrimination will become less and less and eventually a thing of the past. So she says that watching children and as children learn from us, that if we learn from each other, then and especially with like she said, like PGCE, like that is a that is like compulsory on the curriculum now. So they um, do talk about like disabilities and things. But um, Bernadette did agree about that um, person's comment that they made in the Beyond Autism questionnaire about special educational needs being a thing on the, on the curriculum. She definitely agreed that special education needs should be a thing of the curriculum. Because even though PGCE does touch slightly on disabilities, I don't think it's enough. So Bernadette says to make sure job interviews are fair, they need to be accessible um, to all of us, such as giving interview questions in advance 
so that people with autism are prepared and to ease anxieties before the job interview and to use language that is appropriate. Bernadette also said Hair and Beyond Autism would work with both the recruiters and the new employees to make sure that the employees not only feel comfortable in their new roles, but they so they will stay in their new roles too. It is all good helping someone get a job, but you need to make sure that they stay in the job as well. So yeah, like I think both our interview, well, all three of our interviews went really well. Yes, I think so. And um, yeah, like when we dis- when we discussed the questionnaires before in um, this episode, like a lot of the it's on a lot of the answers were very similar about making us feel valued and contributing to society. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think that concludes our episode. I think it does indeed. Thank you everyone for listening and thanks to our guests and thanks to everyone for um, filling out the Beyond Autism questionnaires and I think we've learned a lot from this episode. Yes, I think we have. I'd like to add my thanks to everyone who contributed to the questionnaire as well. We had many, many responses to it. Um, (laughs) Unfortunately, we couldn't use all of them. Thank you all very much indeed. And thanks to all the people listening as well. Thank you. Bye, everyone. Take care, everybody. Stay safe. Bye.